The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor, would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson. Welcome, everyone, to Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and today we have a very, very special guest, Anka Marza who is a speech coach, a life coach, and she has coached first ladies, presidential candidates, members of parliament and cabinet, governors, Hollywood celebrities, Fortune 500 executives, CEOs, and their corporate teams in the United States and around the world. Whether coaching one-on-one or leading and co-leading group workshops, her work focuses on charisma, communication, and public speaking. She's worked with international organizations such as the YPO Young Presidents Organization, which is the world's premier network of over 22,000 chief executives and business leaders across 125 countries with a combined revenue of $6 trillion U.S. dollars, as well as international and non-governmental organizations, youth groups, and women leaders. An uncommon insight, passion, and experience She guides and catalyzes people into bringing out their most powerful voice and presence. Her work spans over 21 countries and six continents. And when she talks, people listen. Welcome to the show, Anka. Thank you, James. Thank you. It's it's really exciting to be here with you and with everyone listening. Well, the, the, I know there's going to be a lot of people listening because uh, there's a, actually a very special group that I'm involved in that is involved in learning how to publicly speak well, effectively, authentically, and and so they're going to be, I hope, taking some very good notes on what you have to say today. So, Excellent. Well, let's just jump right in, and, and let me ask you, as a public speaking and communication coach, what kind of services do you offer? Great question. So um, what what I do is I I whether one on one or in or in group settings, in workshops, I I help people just catalyze and figure out their voice. Bring out I help bring out what is their most powerful, their most authentic voice and presence so that they can really share in the best way possible and make the best impact in the world. Fantastic. So, and, are so you, and in terms of... Go ahead. I was just going to follow up and say, what kind of um, things do you look for and mm-hmm. what you need to work on with a client? 
it's it's of course really different from from client to client, and uh, sometimes I work with people who are incredibly afraid of public speaking and who literally have all these physiological symptoms and reactions to whether it's getting up on stage and speaking in front of hundreds of people or whether it's just speaking in front of small groups. Um, so it really depends. Um, and I also then, of course, work with um, people who are extremely good at speaking in public. But just like Federer, let's say, who's the number one tennis player um, in the world and he still coaches every day, even, even the very best still need coaching because there's always, there's always something. We all have our blind spot. So the, the job of a coach, of a mentor, is to just step in and be able to, to bring light into, into those places and to help guide people into what it is that they can do at their best and in the best way possible. Well, I know that you are involved in helping candidates for office, public office in, in a lot of countries around the world. What is it, is there anything different about public speaking and politics than just public speaking at your local Rotary Club? <laughs> I think uh, I think that yes and no. So what I what I notice in terms of these high level um, speakers, whether they're CEOs, business executives, or or politicians who are running to become presidents of their countries or maybe mayors of major cities in the world, um, what what's really important for them is to really be as authentic as possible in their communication. Because oftentimes you get to have these stump speeches that you've done over and over and over again. And so what's starting to lack is that spontaneity and Really, that what that does is it creates a, a disconnect with people because it's almost like a red speech. So that's what would be um, the parallel with somebody who's doing a, a speech at the Rotary Club, let's say. So what I often also see people do is because they're afraid of speaking in public and they have anxiety about it, they'll write out their full speeches and then they'll just go ahead and read them out, out loud. And um, the problem with that is that oftentimes um, they're done in a way where, again, it just does not connect. It does not captivate. And um, what's most important in any communication, whether, whether you're on stage or off stage, in front of the camera or not, um, in front of three people or 3,000 people or 300,000 people, is, is really to be able to be fully present, connect with your audience, and through that, captivate and compel. And the nonverbals of communication are the ones that will always, every single time, be the key factors in creating that. And by nonverbals, are you talking about body language? Yes, body language absolutely is one of these 
key aspect. So body language and, and voice tone. And this is one of the things that I focus on in, in the coaching that I do. So, so first it, it's a matter of really identifying what's the, what's the DNA of, of, of the person I'm talking to in terms of who they are as a communicator and, and as a speaker. And then it's having them learn these, these technologies of how to be most compelling in terms of how to use their words, how to use their voice tone, how to use their body language, how to use stories, how to basically never, ever be monotonous. <laughs> Which again, oh my is goodness, what happens, <laughs> is what happens when people read speeches, and and that's when I mean, how many, how many of us have literally just sat in an audience listening to a speaker go on and on and on about something, and the subject matter could be absolutely fascinating, but when that's delivered in a way that's just monotonous and flat, there's no way that that speaker is going to be able to connect with the audience. Everyone is going to just literally go back to, you know, play with their phones and do their, do whatever else. When you get a new client and there's, you know, assume that this person has actually gotten up on a stage before and has survived giving a speech in front of people, um, <laughs> Are there any things that, you know, just always are, you can see that they can be improved and, you know, be more effective, be more authentic, be more powerful? Yes, there's, there's many things. And again, it will always, every single time, every single session that I do, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or whether it's groups, is going to be completely different. And that's because, just like with anything else in life, we're such unique individuals. So, you know, what diet works best for you and what food and nourishment works best for you, what relationship works best for you, it's going to be completely different. And it's the exact same thing with finding your voice, finding that present, becoming the most charismatic speaker that you can be. And um, so it's always about figuring out what are the strengths and um, the weaknesses or the areas that can be improved in that person. And um, it's also sometimes it's also a matter of how do you create a speech? Like what would be the, the best, what is the best structure so that every single time you know you have to do a speech, it's really easy. You have it just dialed in. So I work with people on that, creating their, creating their messaging, creating a messaging that is clear, concise, compelling, and knowing that every single time you go into that particular speech, for instance, you're going to start with that. And then you're going to create a structure that just literally supports as a one, two, three, or maybe five points that supports that, that messaging and what you started with. And then in conclusion, you end with that again. And then, um, again, the nonverbals. I cannot stress enough the importance of nonverbal. So in terms of voice tone, for instance, it's all about, um, it's all about variation and it's all about, it's all about noticing 
the speed, the pacing, the volume? Um, are you are you mixing the the louder with the softer? Are you using pauses? Are you punctuating words? Or are you just speaking robotically at all times? Because again, right. <laughs> no matter what it is that you're saying, I mean that way words are always least important. Now again, it is critical that when you start you absolutely have a well-crafted message. But once you have that, you can't just go in and go, oh, I've got this. You never do unless you're really there connecting, captivating, compelling. And so it's all about how do you do that. And in terms of body language, of course, also there is a whole variety of things that people can do really well and also really poorly. And, I mean, just think about people, you know, when they're on stage and they they keep stepping back or having their back at the audience or turning around in, in, in weird ways or just being off balance or moving their hands in, in ways that, um, that, are, that, that don't work. It just, right. it, uh, it, it takes so much away and it distracts so much instead of bringing in more power to what you're sharing, which is really what the role of, of nonverbals is. Well, if somebody had a really important speech that, you know, they absolutely have to nail and they, they, it's really, really important that they do well, are there some things that they can do to practice and make sure that they will come across as a dynamic person, you know, so, like sometimes yeah. you know, you mm-hmm. always heard about you know giving your speech to a mirror, or mm-hmm. you know, you got yeah. you've got technology now, though you can just take your cell phone and and videotape yourself, and you know, and it's just things like that could help people see whether they're just you know. Uh, a stick in the mud up there and it's, you know, like a robot, like you say, a robot or whether or not you're animated, your arms are moving, your hands are moving, your lips are moving, your body is moving. And you seem, you know, there's so much more presence when you're doing that. I've observed. So, yeah. So there's, there is some things which every, single speaker must do, and that is every single person must start with this really strong belief in themselves. So you have to to just have that confidence about who you are when you get up in front of people. Again, it does not matter how many there are. If it's two people, you're still public speaking. And so that belief in who you are and in your message is absolutely critical. Then it's a matter of passion. I mean, whatever it is that you're talking about, you have to be passionate about it. If you're not, if you don't love it, if you don't feel like that's really bringing value to people, then just don't mm-hmm. share it and let someone else do it. And you pick something else that you're completely passionate about. And it's interesting, I sometimes see this when I work with executives because they have these, so finance people, for instance, they have these huge decks that they have to present for hedge funds, for instance. And uh, they, 
you know, there's pages in there that when they start going through the presentation with me, I can tell right away that it's not something that they either want in there, that they really believe in. And even that, those, you know, two pages out of a 50-page deck is going to completely take away, maybe not completely, but it's going to immediately take away literally from their authority and from their credibility because it, it changes how people look at them because all of a sudden they start sensing something that's uncertain or something mm-hmm. that's not authentic. So so what, what speakers and just everyone in general, again, it does not even have to be you're speaking in front of a thousand people. It can even be one-to-one. You have to be authentic in your communication. You really have to talk about things that are true to you, no matter what the context. So that would be, those would be a few of the things. Um, in terms of practice, yes, I agree that practice is important. Now, what, what, What's a really key distinction for me is that it's not just practice makes perfect. It's actually perfect practice makes perfect. Cool. Think about it this way. Yeah. In, in when, when you keep practicing something that you're already not doing well, all you're doing is you're literally deepening the hardwiring in your brain in that negative pattern. So the job of a coach or a mentor is to really, again, bring light and and bring awareness into those things that you're not doing as well and give you the techniques and the tools that will help you do that. Because our brain and our bodies work in these amazing ways, and we have, interestingly, just quite recently, in the last maybe 15 years or so, discovered the whole concept of, of, of neuroplasticity and how our brains have this amazing ability to, to change. And so what we need to do is we need to be able to, to practice perfect so that we'll keep rewiring ourselves into that truly charismatic speaker instead of just practicing, you know, ourselves into it into somewhere that doesn't take us anywhere. So I would definitely recommend if there's anyone um, you can talk to, any kind of coach in this way that, that could help bring some, shed some light, give some advice, that'd be great. Another thing, if, if you don't have access to a coach, is you could just listen to um, a, radio, um, a radio announcer, for instance, that you really love because they tend to have a great ability to use their voice. So they would be able to help at least with that. And um, you'll be able to see how to fluctuate your voice down and how to pause at times, how to, again, how to create that variation that neurologically will entrain people. Because if you keep going at the exact same pace, the exact same volume, or even with just very slight variations... That can never, ever really captivate. And one of the questions I actually often get is, okay, so what do you do if you're not in front of people? Because I talk a lot about body language. And 
and how to read body language and how to use body language in a way that, again, just adds and brings more power instead of taking away. And um, so what happens when, when when we're not on stage, when we're not in front of people, and when we're just on conference calls? When our, when people basically cannot see our body language. So what happens is that our voice tone really takes over. And there is this, um, there is a seminal study in communication that talks about, that, that talks about the impact of words, voice tone, and body language, which are basically the three fundamentals. And um, this particular study ranks them as follows in terms of impact. So if impact is at 100% with all these three, words are at about 7%, voice tone 38, and body language 55. And, and most people are really surprised by this. And there's many ways to prove this. And in my clinical experience and the experience of, you know, other coaches and people that I work with, um, this is completely true. And, and I can give you some examples. But basically what happens when you're on conference calls is you have got to be able to work with your voice down in a way that just grabs people because the, the body language is no longer there. So how would one go about doing that? It's it's in the variation. So it's learning. So for instance, so I'm going to say the sentence in a way that's completely flat and then I'm going to change it. Okay. What's key what's what's key in body lang- what's key in voice tone is to be able to vary to vary your voice. So that can create an effect that will in the end captivate and enthrall people. So now I'm going to say something like that that is going to have a different voice tone. So what's absolutely key, what's key in in voice tone is for people to really be able to to bring who they are out and to vary that voice tone so that they simply don't sound flat. Okay. Not. Do you see the difference? Yeah. And it's literally, you can take the same sentence and you can play around, and there is infinite ways of playing around with, with that one sentence. And what's key to remember is, again, volume, whether you go faster or whether you go slower. And if you have, for instance, a lot of things, a, a lot of details that you want to go over, but you don't necessarily want to dwell on them, each one of them individually, then you can go really fast over them or faster over them. <coughs> and then and then you're going to start bringing, again, your pace down and your voice down in order to anchor whatever conclusion you want as supporting what you just went over. So, for instance, it's really important for people to know that when they get really enthusiastic, it's completely okay for their voice tone to go up. Okay. And then when they really, really want to anchor a message and, and to show more authority and to bring more gravitas in, to slow down and to bring more resonance in their voice by lowering it. You can so not only just, hear that, you can feel it. Yes, exactly, because it's a matter of frequency. It's really, it's, it's, it's physics, so, and it's the law of entrainment. So 
and and you will be able to entrain. You will always entrain from wherever you're at. So if you think, and this goes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, in terms of uh, in terms of belief and in terms of passion. So if if you're enthusiastic about whatever it is that you're talking about, if you believe in it, if if you believe that you're sharing value with people, if you're passionate about it, then that will absolutely come across. And if you're uncertain, if you lack confidence, if you're afraid, if all, if you're anxious, if all of those things come into play, then your audience is literally immediately going to pick up on that. It, it, it won't, you won't even need five minutes on stage. They'll just know it right away. It's, it's unconscious. We pick up on those things unconsciously, and we just feel them like you just said. So this is an entrainment that is created at several levels within, within our body-mind. It's, it, first of all, you, you captivate because the content is, is interesting and fascinating and the subject matter is worthwhile. And then, and primarily actually, that's the one that comes in first, through the nonverbals, through your voice, through your movement. You, another thing you cannot do when you're on stage, for instance, is to just sit in one place. Or even when you're talking to a small group in the office. I mean, unless, of course, everyone is sitting down and that's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of meeting that you're having. But if you're on stage speaking in front of a lot of people, then absolutely make a point of moving around that stage and, and also moving around in a way that doesn't disconnect you from the audience. So don't turn your back to them or at least don't do it for, for prolonged periods of time. You should do it for a few seconds because you want to point to something to whether it's your PowerPoint or whatever else, then that's completely okay. I mean, you still have to do everything in a way that, you know, it's still common sense. It cannot be a performance. That's, that's actually something that I see a lot. And it happens especially with, with speakers that are quite seasoned. Not only, but I would say maybe especially so, because um, they, they somehow have created a, an on-stage persona. Right. Well, Anka, can we take a pause? We have to take a break right now. And we will be right back. Thank you all for listening. We've got a lot more tips about how to publicly speak and be authentic and effective and charismatic. This is Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and we're talking to Anka Marza. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for You with Arvind Vora, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. You count. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. Go join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson. And today we're talking to Anka Marza, who is a speech and communication coach. And she's coached some of the most famous people in the world and also some of the not-so-famous people in the world. And she's here to tell us about how to be a better speaker, a better communicator, and uh, how to communicate effectively. You know, one of the things I can remember, good Lord, 40 years ago when I first started practicing law and I had to go into a courtroom and actually talk to people and try to convince them of something, I would come out of there just absolutely drenched in sweat. I, I, it took me years to get over that. But, I, you know, having if I'd known that there were people like you around, I, I probably could have uh, saved myself a lot of trauma. But the one thing I wanted to ask you, Anka, what uh, about your life? What about your training? How did how did you become a speech and communications coach? Well, I, I think the most important part of it is I, I think there's two parts to it. So I would say one is the just my educational background, my academic background. So. 
Um, I'm I'm originally from Romania and from Transylvania, actually, which most people find really interesting. And um, I came to this country because I had received several scholarships to go to grad school to different um, Ivy League universities and, and other ones. And uh, I ended up choosing to go to what's considered to be probably the best communication school in the country, Annenberg School for Communication at USC. Um, I was awarded a full scholarship and was really fortunate to be able to be there for, for two years doing my master's degree and studying with so many amazing teachers and people who are at the cutting edge of what communication is. And um, then... All the work I did really was focused around communication and people, um, and uh, I just, I've always loved, just loved working with people, and I've, I've always been fascinated with people's stories. And uh, public speaking is also something I had discovered that I enjoyed doing. I would MC events with hundreds of people, for instance, or for consulates, and that was really fun. And um, then I started, uh, I, a, a big part of it was also working with my current coaching partner, who's uh, Richard Green, and he's um, one of the most well-known communication coaches in the world. He's worked with Princess Diana and uh, also many other um, you know, well-known people throughout the world. And um, so we coach a lot together. We also um, have a lot of our individual clients, of course. And um, working together and also learning from from my clients, learning from the people that I work with and just seeing what works with every single person because that's always different. So I would say all of these things come into play and also just my, you know, my passion for all kinds of things, whether it's neuroscience or, you know, psychology, um, even I would say longevity, nutrition, energy medicine, just a lot of different areas um, that help me be able to see people and hear them and, and, and see something in them that they may not see in themselves already. So I think my, my most important job is to really be able to tune in to who that person is and what is it about them that will help them bring out their true nature, their essence, their passion, and therefore their voice and presence. Fantastic. Well, I I have to give Anka a plug because I know she probably wouldn't say this about herself, but she knows more about nutrition than any person I know. And so I think that one of the things that she mentioned before is that, you know, if you as you spend a lot of time deciding what you're going to put in your body, you, you can also do just as much uh, profit and and get the benefit of putting time into your message and, and how you're going to deliver that message. Um, yeah, I, and really quickly talking about nutrition, I think it's really important for people to know that nutrition is not just nutrition and nourishment, is not just the physical food that we put in our bodies. 
it's literally everything that 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 we consume with our senses that we consume with our eyes that things that we see things that we hear we touch we feel we uh, we smell we the tv shows we're exposed to the work environment we're in um you know the books that we read the relationships that are that we're in and of course primary relationships even more so than than anything else but this is all part of really finding that authentic voice and authentic powerful self it it's really making sure that we create we create our best selves through an environment that helps us be our best Fantastic. I'm dying to ask you, what is the most exotic place you've ever been to to teach people how to make speeches? <laughs> That's a great question, and I've never been asked that. So um, I would say um, an expedition to the Arctic. So I've had... <laughs> I've had <laughs> That, that sounds exotic enough, right? I've had the, the great uh, pleasure and privilege to work with, uh, with the National Geographic and Lindblad Expeditions. Lindblad Expeditions being the, um, the expedition arm for National Geographic. So anything that's on the ocean, they will do. And they are absolutely amazing. Um, so whomever wants to take a trip with them, it's absolutely worthwhile. I've done a couple of them so far, and they're extraordinary. And this particular one was to the Arctic, and um, we started in Norway, and then we went through this island called the Svarbot, uh, where there's so many beautiful and absolutely amazing polar bears, and we were able to just see them play and hunt and swim and just be in their natural habitat. Um, and then we went on to Greenland and then back to Iceland. And I was coaching um, their experts and naturalists. And I've also, I also did a workshop with, um, the, there were about 160 people, I think, at that time on board of, uh, of the Orion. And so I worked with, uh, I worked with the guests as well. And that was so fun. So I would say that, and then one more thing, another really exotic place would be um, in doing coaching literally in the personal jet um, and helicopters of um, a presidential candidate in a country in Asia just a couple of months ago. It was this amazing opportunity uh, where I was coaching with my partner, and we basically, for um, a straight week, we were with this uh, particular person, and we spent two days just flying all over the country with him as he was doing various speeches, and um, we would coach him, then we would land, he would do the speech, we would come back, and literally on the plane or in on the plane, because in the helicopter it's much harder, but we did it a little bit, but especially on the plane, and we would just debrief what is it that he's done really, really well, what is it that there can still be changed and tweaked and made so much better. And uh, so I would say expedition to the Arctic and up in the air in, in, in a jet, yes. Well, I, I can feel your passion coming through. 
It's fun. It's fun. I mean, that's most exotic. But honestly, for me, just working with people, it's fun. And it can be, you know, working with someone who's getting ready, with a young person who's getting ready to just interview for college or for a job. Or it can be working with a powerful group of women that are leaders in their fields. Or maybe with women who are, you know, not necessarily involved in the business world, but they're involved in nonprofit work. And how is it that they can, you know, be on boards of foundations? How is it that they can fundraise more money for their causes? Um, how is it that I can help first ladies really be amazing examples for the women in their country and, and in their world? And, um, yeah, so, so, just working with people and, and helping them just break through and become that most powerful, best version of themselves. And it, it doesn't matter where it is or really who it is. Well, I, can, I, I know that you work a lot with very highly placed individuals, whether it's politicians or CEOs or business executives all over the world. And can you tell us, you know, anything you've noticed about those people that, um, you know, can help somebody that's in the mailroom learn how to be somebody, you know, that one day could lead the world? Absolutely. So all of these people that have already reached higher levels in their social status, let's say, economic, so on, they have a very strong sense of self. They know who they are more than the average person. Now, are they bulletproof? <laughs> of course not. Are there any areas that are still, that still need to be worked through? Are there still some threads of not being fully on. Of course, we all do that in, in, in this, in this human body. There's always going to be that. But that strong sense of self and strong sense of purpose. They're really passionate about what they do and they truly want to make a difference, not just for themselves and their families, but in the world, in their communities. And this is something that powers them in a way that is that that really takes them beyond their personal selves and that that's a huge that's a huge lesson that i've seen in in people like this and that i'm 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 trying to also just inspire and, and teach others to do so that because once we have a sense of our responsibility that goes beyond ourselves i think it just gives us a different way of owning our lives and our choices. Agreed. Well, I also see that you work a lot with youth groups and, um, you know, what have you noticed about those types of people? Are they, you know, are, are people at that age able to make a good speech? Absolutely. It does not matter the age. And, uh, yeah, it does not matter what part of the world we're in. It's, 
it's really about, again, tapping into that authentic self. And, and what's really fun is to see, because I've worked with, I've worked with children even. So the, the youngest in groups I would have would start at about 10. And so 10 to, let's say, 24, 25. And, you know, often I would have these groups split, of course. But what's, what's really interesting is to see how, how children have so, so much less inhibition than adults do. And, uh, with them, it's just, and, and also with, with, with youth, it's just a matter of, and with youth, it's, it's a lot more about mm, teaching them and helping them see themselves again in a way that helps build their confidence more. Because as, as a teenager and in colleges, it's, it's, it's really hard to sometimes just you know, figure it all out on your own because you're feeling really judged and there's all that peer pressure. And so it's all about the sense of self when I work with youth. But when I work with children, it's just allowing them to be themselves. It's just bringing out that sparkly personality that most of them really have. And, you know, telling stories, storytelling is so huge, regardless of, of the age. I mean, that. You know, industries are built on that. The entertainment, you know, the, the city I come from, LA, where, where I live, where I'm based, where I'm, when I'm not in planes. Um, it's, it's built. It's billions of dollars built on literally storytelling. That's what movies are. That's what the Bible is. That's how indigenous people that have lasted throughout centuries have continued their traditions through storytelling. And, and, and this is a question that I often ask um, in, in my workshops. Have you, who, you know, how many of you have children? And if you do, how many of you have had your child say to you, Mommy, Daddy, I don't want you to tell me another story? You know, I, and I know you do have, have kids, James. Have you heard that from your children? No, I never get cut off. There's <laughs> no. always one That's more. Right. And you are an amazing storyteller. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's how do you create those stories with people? Because storytelling is, is one of the most amazing ways to really be able to, um, to captivate your audience and to be present with them and to re- bring them right back into, into your presentation, your pitch, your speech, Whatever the context is, you know, bring in a story and, and illustrate what you're talking about so that it makes it more real. And it's not just at the abstract theoretical level. And really allow people, because it, it, it's not at the end of the day, it's not as much what you say, but, what you're, but how you're saying it, how you're making people feel. And stories and a well-told story will always just be memorable because it makes people feel good. It brings them right in there. They become an active participant. And, and there's you know, different ways of how to tell a story. And dialogue, for instance, is one. And there's, there's many others. Um, and so these are just some of, I would say, some of the secrets that if you also watch charismatic speakers worldwide, whether it's current or past, whether it's somebody like Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, whether it's Martin Luther King, whether it's uh, 
you know, somebody like Bill Clinton, uh, who's, <laughs> yeah, I know, politics aside, politics aside, he's, um, you know, he's still just such a good speaker. I mean, he can talk about yeah, the, the finances and, and the most boring stuff, and he can still make it interesting. So, so how do you take, you know, how do you take subjects that are, not that are dry and boring and make them exciting. That is also the job of a speaker. Well, that's well, segue. Go on and on about this, but yeah, there's. Tons no, well, of that's things. actually and we're going to talk I'm, some I'm more about it. The, okay, go ahead. <laughs> because I wanted to ask you, what exactly is charisma? We hear about it. We know when somebody's charismatic, and we know when somebody's not charismatic. But, mm-hmm. and I know you teach this stuff. So can you kind of give us uh, an insight into what makes somebody charismatic versus somebody who's not charismatic? So a lot of what we've talked about until now really points to what that is. So somebody who's not authentic, somebody who reads a speech, somebody who's going to be flat in their delivery, somebody who's going to talk about something that they're not passionate about, um, all of these, somebody who's going to have a body language that is contracted and where they don't know literally what to do with themselves when on stage or when talking to people, all of these things are going to absolutely guaranteed not create charisma. And the opposite is what creates charisma, is some of that. So when somebody steps on stage and they just have a clear sense of self, they own who they are, they believe in who they are, they believe in what their message is, they're passionate about it, and they really want to share it with the world because they want to bring value to people, because they want to help change people's lives for the better, because they want to make an impact into the world, and they know how to organically connect, how to be present. Presence is absolutely huge in charisma. There's no way anyone can ever be charismatic without being fully present with their audience, whether it's two people, two thousand people, two million people. It is your be present with that room, present, you know, through the camera with whomever you're talking to, have eye contact, have an appropriate body language, move on stage, while at the same time, for instance, not have your hands completely flailing around at all times, but using them, right? So don't, don't just like have them alongside your body, stuck to your body, because that again looks completely robotic and not not real. I mean, you have to be real and you have to be conversational. Don't just put on an act when you're on stage because people will see right through that. So just be authentically yourself and bring that voice out, bring that presence out and have that positive intention that goes beyond who you are and it really has the impact to reach 
Fantastic. So to kind of summarize it, if I could take a jab at it, it would be number one is you need to be passionate about what you're talking about. You need to be aware of your voice and its cadence and tone and volume and use that to match whatever the message is that you're trying to get across. Don't be a robot, you know, be a, get up there and use body language to uh, get your message across and also have fun. And Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Have fun. That is so true. It's, this is actually one of the questions that I ask people a lot when they're done with their speech. Have you had fun? And if the answer is yes, if, if people have fun while they're doing their speech, their pitch, their presentation, their boardroom meeting, whatever it is, whether it's something to close millions of dollars or whether it's something to fundraise a little bit of money for a local organization, whatever it is. Just have fun with it because when you do, people will be engaged. And when you do, they will too. If you don't, there is absolutely no audience to have fun with it. If you don't, if, if you don't pause and breathe and have a conversation instead of a performance, if you're not engaged with it, they won't. It's literally physically impossible. It's, it's universal law of physics. Entrainment will happen at the level that you're at as a speaker. So if you're in flat, boring, afraid mode, people will sense it and they will not connect. Whatever it is that you're talking about, whatever it is that you may be selling, for instance, whatever it is that you may be negotiating for, whatever it is that you want to close, just can't be done. I got it. One thing that I, before we close, I wanted to ask you if, if there are any no-nos, if there are any forbidden sins that will get you booed <laughs> off the stage uh, <laughs> that you can tell us so that we don't commit that worst case scenario. And, and we've, we've only got a minute, so you got to do it fast. <laughs> No, no. Well, no I would pressure, say the no no-nos pressure. again. We've we've covered a lot of the no-nos. Yeah. So, be yourself is an absolute must. So the no-no would be, you know, don't do that. You know, if if you if you're not going to be yourself, that is never going to work. So be authentic. Believe in yourself. Be passionate. Absolutely, use the nonverbals of communication so that you create more power into your message. Bury your voice down. Bury your body language, but in a way that, again, doesn't distract but attract. And um, have fun. Have fun. Well, let me, let me ask you one last question. There yes. was a very famous historical orator named Demosthenes who trained himself to be a, an effective speaker by talking with rocks in his mouth. Yeah. And I was wondering if you've ever told anybody to go put rocks in their mouth. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. I think, uh, I think we're in a way moving away a little bit from that oratoric style that's just 
booming into something that's just more authentic and more conversational. I don't want people to try to be someone, someone that they're not. I just want them to be themselves. There's one of these quotes is attributed to, to Oscar Wilde, and it says, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. Perfect. Perfect. I want to tell everybody that if you want to know more about Anka, her website is www.speakyourpower.com. And it's a great work. It's a great website. Lots of information. And if you're in the public speaking field, you definitely need to book a session with her. So thank you very much, Anka. It's been a great show. You've given us a lot of really helpful information. And we're going to have to sign off now, but we uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. <clears throat> so this is Get Real Radio. My name is James Robinson. We've been talking to Anka Marza, a, a speech and communications expert, about how to make a great speech. So we'll see you again next week. Thank you again for tuning in to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week, open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self.